Welcome to the Lookout Post. This is Benevolent, your host. I'm so glad you could join me. This is the continuation of Restoring the Stone Family Values, part two. Take a listen. So I'm not trying to be the pot calling the kettle black and all the mother cliche terms. <laughs> I'm just stating that I had to learn the hard way. And, um, and now I, when I look back, I see, wow, okay, I, I realize that's what happens. God puts you through trials, puts you through, through tests to see how, to see who you are, to see what you're made of, to see, he knows what you're made of, but he wants you to see what you're made of, to see how far you can go and see what you can do, see your capabilities. He's already aware of your capabilities. He wants you to recognize your capabilities. So I'm just here to share my experiences and the things that go on in this world that there's no explanation for. God always has an explanation. There's always an explanation for everything. Families, relationships, war, business, uh, you name it. This would be a whole season of a podcast if I was to name each one. But Satan, and I know, you know, people say, oh, why are you always using Satan's name? Why are you always using Satan as a scapegoat? Why are you always blaming Satan for everything? Satan's not the, the, the cause of everything, yeah? <laughs> Satan kills the father's relationship with God. This is his goal, to kill the relationship of the father and the husband with the Lord. Once Satan can establish a disconnection between the father, husband, and God, Satan becomes the landlord. He becomes your landlord and he moves in and he lives right upstairs and he's always keeping tabs on you and making sure that you're falling in a deep hole each and every time. He don't want to see you come up because if you come up, he'll make sure that you go right back down. When things happen between you and your wife or you and your woman and certain arguments spark for no reason, you know, you don't know why. Like, you guys are just sitting there and one word would just ignite of inferno. And you want to know what happened. Satan is always in the cut. So he's sitting in the couch. He's, he's always in your living room, just sitting in the couch, helping himself and just causing a commotion. Causing a commotion. You know, you ever have those days where, uh, you know how people say, oh, I'm having a bad day. Things ain't going right. Your boy Satan is always in the cut. Always in the cut. It's not him per se, but he has divisions. He has a kingdom. So as the ruler of his kingdom, his servants do everything that he needs them to do. He has servants all over this globe and they do a fine job, a fine job as we see. 
So never underestimate the power of the enemy because he's extremely powerful and he feeds off of our fear. He feeds off of our vulnerabilities. So once he can get the father to fall away and think upon the things of this world, here comes the sand truck. Here comes the sand truck. Now they're doing renovation on your home. They're doing renovation on your home. Chiseling, the, the black ball, they're doing all that. Because now your home is about to be reduced. Satan will tell you that it's a, a, a remodel job and a renovation. But what it is, is a demolition job. That's what it is. It's demolition. So at the end of that job, you're reduced to mere rubble, mere sand. So when things start to get rocky in your home, between you and your wife and the kids and everything starts to, because remember, everything falls on the man. Don't forget that. Everything falls on the man. If the sky is orange, it's the man's fault. If the mailman don't bring the mail on time, it's the man's fault. Whatever the case may be, guess whose fault that is? Everything has been placed on the man, everything. So as men, we always have to be on guard and we always have to be vigilant. So the only way to do this is through the guidance and the knowledge, the wisdom and the understanding of the Lord. He's there to lead us so we can lead our families. Defeating Satan in this area is by heeding the commands of uh, Ephesians 5, verse 25. He tells us, Husbands, love your wives, even as Yeshua also loved the church and gave himself for it. Not much explanation needed. He said, love your wives. Plain as day, love your wives, even as Yeshua loved the church. If you are a born-again believer, you are part of the church. And if you're part of the church, you know how much he loves you. So that's how much you're supposed to love your wife. But it's not a one-way deal. In verse 22, he says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. So we all know that we have to humble ourselves before the Lord. He's, he's telling women, wives, to humble themselves before their husbands. Humble themselves unto their husbands, not before them. Before is more um, reverence and more uh, as, a, as, a, as a king. It's more deity. But un, unto your husband, granting him submission as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. <laughs> Y'all don't like that. Y'all, now they turning it off now. Podcasts come off now for the women. <laughs> but again, again, I'm going to have to make a t-shirt that says, I am just the messenger. I am just the messenger. So don't bash me. Don't cuss me out. 
I'm not saying this. This is God saying this. Your father in heaven is saying this, not me. I'm just relaying the message. Therefore, as the church is subject unto the Lord, Yeshua, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Everything. Not half, not quarter, not a third. Everything. It's a two-way street. As the husband supposed to love the wife, as the Lord loves the church, you're to love your husband as the Lord. And you're supposed to be in subjection as the church is in subjection to the Lord. And let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. These are some pretty um, rigorous commands. And no one's saying they're easy. No one's saying they're easy. But that's why God is here. That's what he's, this is what he's here for. This is why he gave you this. He's not going to let you handle this on your own. He's there. He's there. He knows your heart. Once he sees you showing interest in his word and wanting to discover more of his word, believe me, he'll take you by his wing and you'll, you'll be on your way. I guarantee you. You know, some people have this notion that God is like a genie, you know. Once you get on your knees and you start praying that immediately it's just going to happen. Poof. Nah. As I said before, there's no magic. There's no mysticism. Nothing whimsical when it comes to the Lord. You know, all it is with him is truth. Truth, justice, love, and judgment. God don't play around, you know. But he leaves these guidelines for the families to make sure that they're fortified and they remain the stone family. So the man's to care for his wife in his home. He's also to, when he can, spend a little QT. In Deuteronomy 24, verse 5, this seems as though this is for the newlyweds, but I'm sure that it pertains to all married men. Uh, verse 5, when a man has taken a new wife, he should not go out to war. Neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home one year and should cheer up his wife, which he has taken. <laughs> so you're supposed to halt all business ventures and halt all hobbies and all whatever. I mean, not halt it, you know, totally abandon it, but you're to spend time with your wife. God wants you to spend time with your wife. Cheer her up, he says. He said that you're supposed to be free at home for a year. But now in these times, I'm sure that year means all year round, you know. I think it's more pertaining to the men of war. But I'm sure the Lord wants us to follow these guidelines as well. And you know what? When man or woman don't follow these guidelines, it's sin because it's disobedience. 
is disobedience. The Lord tells you to do something, and when you don't do it, it's disobedience. Canceling or diluting the love in a marriage is sin. Yeah, it is. Remember, I'm just a messenger. This is the words of the Most High. But in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, says, Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And when God tells you something, boy, he tells you direct. He, he, he don't beat around the bush. He don't sugarcoat nothing. He said, husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. If you, if you know the Lord, and it, well, okay, let's not even say the Lord. because Let's say people who don't know God and are married, okay? He's saying that according to knowledge, you know the oaths that were taken at marriage. He said you know them already. So now you're to give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. Since you know that you're the man and she's the woman, you're to show compassion and you're to show uh, love and care for this woman because you know that she is the weaker vessel in which you need to oversee. You need to oversee her and make sure she's okay. And being heirs together of the grace of life, heirs together, two flesh become one. When you're married, you become one. So you are heirs together. Both of you guys inherit the grace of the life, which is Yeshua. So that means both you and her have accepted the Lord as your savior. And you both are walking together. You, the wife, and the Lord. So that your prayers be not hindered. So when you don't do this, and then you pray, as I said before, God doesn't hear you because you're not following his commands. God can't help you and God can't hear you when you don't hear him. You know, if... If you don't obey his words and follow his words, why is he going to hear you? Why should he grant you anything if you don't respect his words? If you don't follow his words, why should he do anything for you? He'll, he'll continue to provide and give you everything you need, but this prayer that you're looking for now, he doesn't hear you. When you get on your knees, and you pray out loud, you go to church, or you get in your prayer meetings, and you sit in there hollering, screaming at the top of your lungs. God, that's on a deaf ear. Because your prayers are hindered. Because you're not giving honor to the wife. And you're not being the, the fortified foundation that God has preordained for you. You're the keeper of the fortress you're the keeper of that rock home and if you are not at your post you're delinquent you're uh you've abandoned your post that's a war crime 
you abandon your post and your general finds out that you abandon your post, you're about to get court-martialed. So think of it as corporal punishment. When you abandon your post and you send out for support, they don't hear you. They turn the radio off. They don't hear you screaming, hollering, with all the bombs going off, and they don't hear you, man, because you, you, you abandon your post. So they turn off the radio because you looked at as a traitor. Yeah, that's, that's tough, man. But as I said, he doesn't allow us to do this on our own. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't allow us to do this on our own. And those who don't will find themselves struggling with this daily because there's no support from God. It's much harder when you do it without him. You can do it. I'm not saying that it can't be done. Of course you can be. It's been done for centuries and will continue to be done. But what I'm saying is it's, it's a struggle and it's an ongoing struggle and it's pain and hurt and suffering because of the lack of God. Some may ask, what about you? Are you excluded from this? Of course not. Am I guilty of failing to fulfill my duties as a father of five and, and, and a husband? At times, yes, of course. For we all sin and come short of his glory. But it's a difference when you are conscious of your inconsistencies before God and you humble yourself and repent and ask him for forgiveness and strive through God's power to uphold his commands so you may do your part in keeping the home intact. All responsibility falls on the man because we are stewards of the gift that God had granted us. From the moment the seed is planted in the woman and she has conceived, we as men are bound to that woman as long as we live. Yeah, you sure are, man. This is why when we, when a woman conceived, when women conceived, in those days, wedding bells were in the air. The moment the news got out, some will say, get with the times. Wake up, man. This is the modern days, and them values no longer apply to today because women are more independent now, and they can raise children on their own. I don't need no man. This is where we're wrong. And the men that take pride in having multiple baby mamas, thinking that they G's. Oh, I'm a G. I, yo, I got baby mamas all over the spot, you know? But you know what? God sees this differently. Psalms 127, verse 3. Children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Playing around with these kids? Why people play around with children? God, don't, don't you understand how much God cares for these children? And, and he's telling you. He said, children are the heritage of the Lord. The heritage. They already inherited heaven. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. The fruit of the womb, the baby that comes forth from that womb is his reward. He loves babies. He loves when a seed is planted and the woman gives birth 
That's a blessing. That's a gift. It's, it's a fruit of the womb, a reward of your womb. Your womb has been rewarded and has been blessed by God. For the men, as arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. So our children are weapons. Our children are arrows. The Lord tells us in verse 5, happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. The quiver is the, the bag that you keep all the arrows. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. That means when you get old and people try to come at you, people try to come against you, try to tear down the stone family, your sons will be right there like, um, can I help you? Is there a problem? Your sons got your back because you had theirs. You sharpened the edges of those arrows. It's our job to sharpen the edges of those arrows so when they grow up, they'll be sharp, sharp as a, a razor. So when we get old and wither and we can no longer fight for them, they fight for us. This is why the Lord says that we are to make sure that the family is under a rock, upon a rock, I should say, that your foundation is built upon a rock, fortified upon a rock. You notice how everyone screams that song? I believe the children are the future. Everyone uses the cliche, oh, the future of the children. The future of the children, the children are the future. That came from God, man. That's why he said that they are arrows in your quiver. Because once those, those arrowheads are sharpened, they become, they become warriors in our society because they've been raised under been, a strong foundation. So they're not weak. The foundation starts with the kids of today. This is why the enemy attacks the children first because it ensures that he will have a futuristic world of mindless, soulless, obedient servants that will suffice his ravenous appetite for global reverence. He attacks the children subtly through fancy, childish, colorful CGI imaging. In the old days, where technology wasn't as advanced, it was, it was through clever, well-thought-out scripts with magical, whimsical plots relayed over the airwaves of the radio that mesmerized the children for hours, filling their sponge-like brains with subliminal messages. As I mentioned earlier, we were those kids at one point in our lives. That generation was when TVs were a luxury, remember? And if you had one, you probably shared it with your siblings, your sister, your brothers and them, fighting over the TV. 
or it was the family TV in the, in the living room and you had to watch what moms was watching. The cartoons back then, the ones that we watched were laden with, with magic as well. Like He-Man, Thundercats, Voltron, and a whole list of others. The girls, they had Care Bears, Gems, uh, Smurfs, Wonder Woman. All those cartoons flourish. They actually have movies out recently. The point is that we as parents must strive to be more vigilant with the content that our precious ones are intaking. I'm guilty as charged also. Remember, this message is also a reminder for myself that I can make sure that I'm on my P's and Q's. And I realize that, you know, the children may not follow the rules at times when watching TV or on the iPad or on the tablet. But, you know, they are aware of the content that they're watching if they are raised in the Rock family. Oh, I'm sorry. If they are raised in the Stone family. They are conscious of what they're watching. Even though they may watch it, it convicts them because they know that the content that they're watching has, you know, it, may be, it might be loaded with magic and mysticism. They're conscious of it and they'll point it out to you because their conscience is bothering them. And as far as the teens goes, that in itself is a journey when you're dealing with teenagers. Teenagers are something else. Once they reach 12, boy, those hormones just flare. But if you follow the Lord's guidelines, mainly stated in Proverbs, remember Bible dwellers, King Solomon was the prince at one point and was extremely obedient to his father, David. Proverbs 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not the law of your mother. Proverbs 15, verse 20. A wise son makes a glad father. Yes, he does. But a foolish man despises his mother. So when you make foolish decisions, and you act like a fool, you're basically saying, I hate my mother. You're, you're saying that you hate your mom because she's the one who bore you. So it's like, you know, it was like a, you're, you're becoming an abomination to her womb because you're acting so foolish and fierce and, and, and you know, ignorant. I love this verse, verse 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. You see that? Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Remember I told you that everything is a, is a by purpose and a reason. Everything happens for a reason and a purpose. God's saying to the children that without a counsel and without a strong man or woman for, for a woman for warmth and love and a father for strength and counsel, Without that, their purposes are disappointed, which means that their dreams will be shattered. Their goals will be canceled. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. You see? So when you have a strong father, 
that counsels his son and you have a strong mom that consoles her son and shows him compassion and warmth, his purposes will be established. So if these values are instilled in them from early, no matter what they do outwardly, inwardly, they will never forget because you have planted a seed in their hearts. First Corinthians chapter three, verse six, it says, I have planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither is it he that plant anything, neither he that water, but God that gives the increase. So we water, first we plant the seed, right? We plant the seed, then we water the seed. We water it by counseling and guidance and, and, and raising them in the way that the Lord guides us in the way that the Holy Spirit, if we, got, if we raise our children under the Holy Spirit, basically, that's watering the seed. And then the sun brings the increase. Who's the sun? The sun gives the increase. We plant the seed, we water it, and the Lord gives the increase. Once we plant the seed and we water it, it's out of our hands from there. It's all God's work, and you have to let him do his work. So when our children get older and they start to stare off in, in, in wrong ways and start walking in dark paths and you start freaking out and you start worrying and, and, and can't sleep at night because you don't know what they're into. You don't know what's going on with them. Remember, the Lord is already in their hearts. The Lord is in their mind. So no matter how many attacks Satan tries to come against them, the Holy Spirit still remains or the Lord is still in their presence. The Lord is still in their vicinity because they are not totally giving in to Satan. You know what I mean? They're on the outskirts, but they haven't totally jumped in yet. The only way that they'll jump in is usually through negative influences um, and occultism. Occultism and dealing with uh, Ouija boards and mysticism magical. Where if, if, if your son or daughter starts dealing with mysticism and magical and occult, that's a, that's a red flag. You start seeing that occultic type stuff, Get it out of there. Get it out of there. That's the sign. That's when the door will get kicked open by Satan and his demons. They can't, they can't, do, they can't open the door unless you open it. You, you know what I mean? You, they can't open the door unless it's left ajar. Unless it's left ajar. If the door's left ajar, they'll kick it in. But they can't force themselves in. You, they have to be invited. And, and you invite them in with occultism, with dealing with occult situations and new age uh, mysticism, a, a Kabbalah, and, and all these uh, uh, Babylonian practices, all this paganism, that's what will 
bring them down. But once they become grown-ups, you know, we know it's out of our hands. So all we can do is pray for them. We just pray and pray and pray some more that they don't fall to the grip of, of the enemy. They don't fall into the, to the mouth of the beast. But the Lord will make sure that they're covered by his angels as long as you are on firm ground with him. But when you fall away from him, then the children are on their own. So the moral to the story or the point of the message is that no matter where you live, it doesn't matter the living situation or the living arrangements. It doesn't matter. You can live in a cardboard box. If you have a family in a cardboard box, this applies to you. The point is that when your family is built on the rock of the Lord, when the father, the mother, and the children are all in one accord and all serving the Lord and following the Lord together as a family, like Joshua says, choose this day who you should serve. But as for me and my household, we should serve the Lord. If that is your motto, you will remain on a rock foundation. But if you exclude God from your lives and you try to do things on your own, then you can expect some rocky times ahead. You can expect for your house to crumble. And remember, this is all spiritual, not physically. I'm not saying that your house is going to come crashing down physically. No, it'll come crashing down mentally and spiritually, emotionally, immorally, financially, in all areas. So if you don't know God and you, and you, know, you, do, you choose not to know God and you don't deal with the Bible, then... Hey, you know, keep doing what you're doing, I guess, if it works for you. But for those who do want to make a change and for those who do want to include God in their family lives to build that, rock, that stone family, then the Bible is, is, is available to all in every language, in every media. So there is no excuse. So this concludes this message of restoring the Stone family values. I hope this was a blessing to you. I appreciate you. As always, God bless you and your families. Take care of yourselves.